0: All right, everyone. We are back again uh, here with uh, Scott Bradbury um, talking about online QI and PICME going beyond simple data collection. Oh, sorry. Scott is the director, division of e-learning at American Academy of Pediatrics. So Scott, I'm going to turn it over to you. uh, And then I will bring up your slides. okay all yours great thanks Derek uh, as Derek mentioned I'm coming to you live from Orlando so this is the first CME Palooza conference within a conference because I'm in Orlando at another conference the learning solutions 2014 conference sponsored by the e-learning guild so um, just because it's so nice and warm down here I'll put on my sunglasses in case it gets too bright from all the warm sunshine Coming in, all of us in the East Coast hate you. Or Upper Northeast hate you right now. too. So. yeah, well, I'm from Chicago, so uh, I know what you're going through. It's been a rough, <laughs> rough winter. I thought about just doing my presentation from the pool, but I thought that might be rubbing it in a little too much. So I'm here to talk about uh, PI CME QI, QI quality improvement and performance improvement CME. Going beyond simple data collection, and like Derek mentioned, I work for the American Academy of Pediatrics. I'm the director of online education at the Academy. So um, I'll just go ahead and get started, and Derek's going to run my slides for me. So um, I'll start by just disclosing that I have nothing to disclose. I'm not trying to sell you anything, I'm trying to share my background, uh, knowledge, and information from my own perspective. So um, what I'm here today to talk about is PICME and quality improvement and how to improve the efficacy of those activities by moving the focus on simple data collection. So I thought I'd start by rewinding here for a little bit to provide a little five-minute PICME overview for those of you who are on the uh, stream here who might not be too familiar with it or may not have yet implemented PICME in your organizations. Next slide. So PICME has been around since the mid-2000s, the AMA formed a task force in 2001 to start looking at PICME Um, and then in 2005 it became a credit eligible activity. You can go and grab your handy dandy 2010 AMA credit booklet and read all about it starting on page 6. In a nutshell, uh, Performance Improvement CME can help you identify your own habits in key disease states and compare your performance with evidence-based standards, evaluate yourself, then take advantage of guidelines, practice tools, education programs, and other resources to help make changes that will directly affect your patients. Once you've planned and implemented these changes, assess your practice again and compare your results. So next slide. It really boils down to three stages. The first stage being that you assess current practice using identified performance measures. The second stage you conduct an intervention in practice based on performance measures. And the third uh, stage you reevaluate and reflect on the performance in practice. And if you complete all those stages you are eligible for full credit for having completed the PICME activity. So PICME may or may not have a lot of traction in your CME world. People are doing lots of healthcare related quality improvement and people are doing lots of different types of continuing medical education but they're not always doing those things together. But I can tell you that in my world, in the world of pediatrics, there's a lot of it going on because of the way that PICME ties in with maintenance of certification and in Pediatrics Maintenance of Certification Part 4. Our American Board of Pediatrics requires participation in Part 4 MOC activities and Part 4 activities are quality improvement activities. And their, their requirements for Part Four matches almost exactly what's required of PICME. So actually, every MOC Four eligible activity that the board um, grants credit for is also eligible for PICME. And it's one of the requirements is that Part Four MOC activities have to have CME credit associated with it. So in pediatrics, participation in these types of activities has become ex- very, very popular. So at the AAP, we've been doing PICME actually since the 1990s before it was called PICME or before we knew what PICME was. We had a paper-based quality improvement program called AQIP, and people would send data in the mail. They would fill out chart data, send it back to us at the academy. We would evaluate it and then send it back to them and let people know and practice how they're doing, how they're doing uh addressing different disease states, addressing the quality of the care that they're providing in practice. In the early 2000s that evolved into a web-based program called EQIP that stands for Education and Quality Improvement in Pediatric Practice and that's the website you see there is our EQIP homepage and that's the program that's still with us today Uh, and and all the courses that we have through our EQIP platform are eligible for PICME and for um, part four maintenance of certification credit in pediatrics so let's go back to our stages we have these three stages that we need to try to to meet and if you look at the wording in stage A and stage C there's lots of focus on the word assess so physicians need to assess how well they are doing and the way that that assessment happens traditionally with QI and PI is through data so, there's a lot of different ways that you can grab data, evaluate data. You can grab uh, patient data, real patient data from paper charts, grab patient data from EHRs, electronic medical records. You can do surveys, you can do patient surveys, practice surveys. You can observe, go into a practice, a pediatric practice, and observe the care that's being provided and evaluate how well the care is being provided. And compare it against to what's optimal. You registry. You can uh, so there's lots of different ways that you can gather data. And, and the data piece is, is really an, an essential underpinning of PI and QI. You need the data to be able to establish a baseline for the care that's being provided and the level of care that's being provided. So, for instance, if you look at uh, our we have a, an equip course on oral health. And as part of that course, the first um, component of that is that we ask for a data data collection tool to gather data as part of stage A. So we ask the physicians to review 20 or more charts of patients who they have seen within the last 12 months. Um, We ask them for this course to pull 10 patient charts for uh, patients 1 to 6 years and then 10 for 6 years and older. And just as an example for that six or older age group, one of the questions we ask is, is there documentation in the medical record that eating, drinking risks for oral health were assessed, i.e., sugar-sweetened foods and beverages, soda, juice, sport drinks? So we ask to help establish a baseline for what's going on in that pediatric practice. So we gather that data and like any PI or QI activity we then crunch the numbers and uh, in this case we form a run chart, and can put a run chart together that shows the data and how it compares to their peers, how it compares to best practice or what is optimal care and that we can say that you should be doing this 100% of the time but you're you're really only doing this 65%, 45%, whatever percent of the time. whatever that gap is, then that becomes the basis for how are you going to then work in your practice to narrow that gap and improve um, the care that you're providing. So you would think that assessment, that data would be useful, and it's very useful, but what we found at AAP in over 20 years that we've been trying to implement this is that there are two things that we need to remember, and the first is that the goal, the overall goal is not just to crunch the data and run the numbers but the goal is to improve the patient care so if you look at our tagline for equip its um, improving the the uh, improving sorry helping you improve care for children and the second thing to remember is that like I said data is just one piece of that puzzle so it can open our eyes as to what's happening in the practice but the real Value in the PICME EQIP program is in implementing and affecting positive change in practice so that the gap is narrowed and that the data for the follow up cycle is improved. So, we want to provide an educational experience that leads to improved care. So, what can we do to go beyond just the data collection to add value and add effectiveness? and build a comprehensive quality improvement resource for the the physicians so there's five things I'm gonna give you five things that we've learned in in our 20 years and and these are really five things that we feel like improve the way improve the effectiveness of our educational experience and improve the effectiveness in getting our physicians who are in practice to more effectively implement change and um, implement quality improvement into their practice. So the first of those is QI basics. So this data and what happened was in 2007, after we've been doing the EQUIP online courses for about five years, we did a study of the participants and the effectiveness of the program. And that study there were a lot of hard lessons learned about um, things that worked well and things that didn't really work well and how we were trying to implement quality improvement education. So one of the very first things that came out of that was that physicians were interested in seeing the data but the physicians are not quality improvement experts and they're experts at providing pediatric care but they're not experts in QI methodology, they're not experts in performance improvement and so one of the very first things that we noticed was people wanted more of a context around and more of a baseline information around what is quality improvement, how does it work, where does this come from, why is this important to me in my practice. So we developed the QI basics, quality improvement basics modules that became the prerequisite for anybody to participate in any of our um, any of our course modules so in our QI basics course we describe what quality improvement is we talk about it's important we talk about applying the model and how they can as physicians plan test and implement changes that result in measurable improvements and like I said this became a prerequisite prior to them entering any data or even getting into the um, clinical content of any of the courses. It's it's about a 30 to 45 minute introduction to every course. Once they do it once, they only have they don't have to do it again. So if they do multiple courses, they only have to do the QI basics portion once. But uh, it went from being uh, something that uh, we didn't have at all to now it's one of the most um, well liked parts of the whole educational experience. The feedback we get from our participants is that. Beyond the data collection piece or any of the other content pieces in the courses, that this QI Basics piece is to them one of the most helpful parts of the entire education process. It helps really put things in perspective. So, the second thing is emphasizing the team. So, what we need to recognize is that CME and maintenance of certification are individual requirements. As a physician, you have individual credits that you need to attain as to maintain your certificate or to gain PICME credits. But that quality improvement is a systems-based uh, type of change and that to be an effective in a lot of cases to effectively implement positive change for in a practice you need all members of your physician team to be vested and engaged in the process. So we went. Uh, we evolved our modules to focus much more on the teamwork aspects. We have a general teamwork tools portion of every course that just talks about teamwork in general, um, how to work as a team. And a, a team in a in a pediatric practice that that's your pediatricians, your nurse practitioners. Um, you could have physician assistants, other office staff, front desk staff that are helping. All those people are part of. Implementing effective care in practice, and all those people then need to to um, play a role and be vested in in making uh, quality improvement happen. So, um, we, like I said, we have a teamwork portion, and then we also throughout the courses weave in tips for um, for implementing change and getting uh, using a team-based approach to most effectively implement the change. So, the third um, the third, third um, going beyond QICME um, improvement is building a topic around key clinical activities. So a key clinical activity helps focusing on key clinical activities helps break down the topic, whatever the quality improvement topic is, into essential components. So you'll notice on this slide we have for our oral health course uh, we've broken the oral health and providing effective oral health care in a pediatric practice into four key clinical activities establish a a dental home, perform oral health risk assessment, provide oral health anticipatory guidance and education and ensure fluoride varnish application for high-risk patients. So these are all actions that a pediatrician should take to improve patient care based on the best evidence available and on the opinion of experts. These are activities that pediatricians are supposed to be doing all the time in their practice but they may or may not be doing them optimally and we try to phrase and word them in a way as it makes the, the contents and the QI approachable for the physicians because these are all statements and activities that should certainly be relatable to any practicing pediatricians. These are all things they recognize they should be doing. These are things they recognize they should be important. But it helps break away from the minutiae of data collection and QI nests and QI lingo and QI speak to make the topics relatable and approachable. So it bridges the gap between kind of the real heavy QI quality improvement PI side and all the, the jargon that goes with that. Um, so that the the pediatricians can instantly find these topics and these activities relatable and meaningful to them. So that was number three, building key clinical activities and five ways to go beyond. Number four is confront barriers and um, offer ways to overcome them ideas to overcome them so what we do in our oral health course is what we hear all the time from pediatricians is well I don't know how to implement change because I don't have time or it's too expensive or I'm gonna run into all these problems that are going to prevent me from implementing change so we try to confront that confront that head-on by creating a comprehensive grid of potential barriers and we get all of our content experts in the room and it's it's um, it's not a mystery for them to come up with these are the 20 things that we know pediatricians are gonna say are gonna be are gonna hinder them from implementing effective change so we already pre identify what those potential barriers are and suggest ideas for change or suggest ideas and ways that they can overcome those barriers so it helps us preemptively or proactively answer and address the question of well how do you expect me to do all this? I can't do this in my practice because of XYZ. So we try to break that down and provide them solutions, solution, uh, solution-based um, ideas that are going to help them overcome those, those barriers. So instead of just tell- showing them the data and leaving them at their own devices as to how to actually implement the change, a lot of the focus in the courses is on implementing the change and overcoming the potential barriers. All right. Moving on to our fifth way to go beyond simple data collection is provide improvement tools. So there's a number of different tools uh, that we can provide in the courses. Uh, These are a lot of things that we develop for the courses themselves, and in other ways link out to other tools and resources that could be of use. So this could be patient encounter forms, toolkits, documentation forms handouts, exam room guides, job aids, um, links to other things, other sites, other resources. So this is kind of a broad array of tools and things that we don't ask the the physicians to develop things on their own. We either with our content experts, develop our own tools and guides and, and helps and aids or we go into practices pediatric practices that have already implemented these things successfully and pull examples from real practices. So use encounter forms, or use toolkits, or use check-in forms that they use at the front desk and other places that have been proven to work, um, and implement those and share those as part of the course. So um, it's real-world examples that really helps um, give the practices a head start on implementing effective change. And I thought I'd give you a bonus not just five ways to go beyond, but a bonus six way to go beyond, which is use cases to put it in context and perspective. So cases uh, in our courses we use cases as educational content that supports the key clinical activities and the measures and the cases address common situations that are particularly difficult to handle in practice and illustrate details that support And strengthen the content and the measures so this is kind of showing through a real-life case example how uh, many different facets of the clinical content and the quality improvement can be implemented and how multiple barriers can be overcome in a pediatric practice PI and QI it's a complex ecosystem it's a complex nexus of moving parts And in a pediatric practice, changing one part of the practice can have ramifications on another part. And for every patient that walks through the door, it's it can be a multitude of factors impacting how well you're providing care to that patient. And so, by using these case examples, we can show the interconnectivity of all the different moving parts. We can show how the work impacts um, the patient and the care that's being provided. And show the quality improvement in action, in practice. So, the how an ideal implementation would look, and how real-life barriers be overcome when you're trying to implement quality improvement. So that's it for me. Uh, that's my email address. If you have any uh, further questions, you can always email me. And well, Derek you've done such a great question. job that no one had any questions for you. So. Well done. <laughs> uh, thanks, Thank Scott. Uh, coming up next is going to be Trisha Wilson talking about learning to love your job again through communities of practice. Uh, just a reminder, we'll be up and about, we'll go live at 11 o'clock. Link will be up shortly. Uh, make sure you refresh your screens, and we'll get started again. So I will see you all shortly. Thanks again, Scott. Thank you, Derek.